hold on to your hats. So today is the 1st of September 2021, another glorious day in Scottish history. Hello Sylvia. Hello. Hello. So this is an emergency broadcast we're doing. Yeah. It's um, having had dinner together tonight. It's it's been a weird feeling this evening, hasn't it? Yeah. Because what has happened tonight, and let's just say Corona stories, if nothing else, is going to be like a historical record of the never ending nightmare that living in Scotland from March twenty twenty to September 2021 has been because today the announcement has been made and let's face it it's not going to be it's not going in it's not going in that um we're going to need vaccine passports in order to access nightclubs sporting events large gatherings concerts concerts yeah and it's it's weird because a year ago, when we said this would happen, we were told we were conspiracy theorists. Yes. And, it and people never, laughed at us. It would never happen. They would never mandate this vaccine. Yeah. Of course, they haven't really technically mandated this vaccine. It's just that they're saying if you don't have it, you won't be able to participate in society like a normal person. Yeah. So it's, it's a strange feeling to be living with this sort of level of tyranny. It's not been authorised yet. The vaccine, I know. No, I oh, mean, sorry, the, oh, the passport. The, the, passport, the vaccine has been authorised under emergency uh, arrangements. Yeah. The passport vaccine. But it's vaccine not, passport, I mean, yes. there's no way that it's not going to pass through parliament because our MSPs have shown absolutely no moral courage or logical understanding throughout this whole thing and so there's so many levels upon which I object to this it's hard to even know where to start <laughs> it's a really really weird feeling when you're like a totally conventional member of society which we are middle class know successful families we've come from okay. like husbands with good jobs and we're we've ended up being you know housewifey stay-at-home mother types and I my business has actually been destroyed by lockdown but it wasn't a massive wage earner or anything but the point is we're totally conventional traditional types of people and now we're being told, no, sorry, there isn't a place in society for you because you're too well informed about this vaccine. That's basically what it feels like they're saying to me. Because with what I know about this vaccine, I could not willingly have it injected into me because I know about the adverse reactions. I know about how dangerous about it is. Any medical treatment or any vaccine is that you should weigh up the risks of the treatment or the vaccine against the benefits for you. Yeah. And that is a personal decision for every single person. And that is the basis of informed consent, that you are informed about the risks mm -hmm. and the benefits mm -hmm. and you weigh it up. Mm -hmm. And 
Now, instead of medical risks and benefits, people are going to add on to benefits. I can attend my favourite band yeah. or I can go out with my pals on a Saturday night. Yeah, so you're taking a medical procedure which carries with it medical risks Yeah. for a societal benefit. Yes. That is absolutely fucking outrageous. It's a crime against humanity and it's a violation of medicine as well. <laughs> and on top and then it was one of these things like if this was just a normal little vaccine that used normal traditional vaccine technology, then I would say, well I'll have it because it'll confer immunity upon me and it'll you know, stop me spreading this virus around. But yeah. that isn't even true for this vaccine. They're not it even pretending stop this anymore. You Ill. It doesn't stop. It, it doesn't, doesn't give you sterile immunity, which means that even if you're vaccinated, yeah. you can still spread the virus. Yeah. So. So with this vaccine, by the manufacturers and the government's own admission, the only benefit from this vaccine is that it reduces the severity of your illness. Well, I've had COVID and I wasn't severely ill. So I am now immune, natural immunity. Again, the ONS last week, the Office for National Statistics, published a paper which shows that natural immunity is far superior to vaccine immunity. This but is not there in is question. No passport for natural immunity. Yes. Only for immunity no. acquired through a paid so means. That's the final that's the final point in my mind which I will come back to but from my own personal perspective why would I get this vaccine when I've had COVID I am now immune to COVID even if I were to catch SARS-CoV-2 again there is no reason to think that I would be more ill than I was the last time I was ill for two days and I was fatigued for maybe five days it was not a major problem for me so if I take this vaccine it's going to make me less ill what am I going to be ill for a day and a half instead of two days? But I don't, I don't care about that. I was fine. I don't understand how anybody can think it is justified to try and coerce me to take this vaccine. What if I get a blood clot or paralysis or die from this vaccine? Who's going to look after my children? Well, not the government. No. 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 I'm just supposed to take that on the chin, am I? And so. what my children might be orphaned if both James and I were to take it. And I'm just supposed to take that on the chin for a virus that we've already had. And we now have immunity to because that's how immunity works. But there's no fiscal incentive to you having an immunity passport from natural exposure. No. So this is my point. Every single time the government keeps making it blatantly clear that this is absolutely nothing to do with protecting people from a virus. It's about something else. It's a staggering place to be in. It, I mean, who could have foreseen this two years ago? That we would be I would have thought you were absolutely insane if you yeah. described this situation to me two years ago. You often think I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I know that's not true. I don't often think you're insane. You have said to me a number of times things in the past which I have thought didn't seem right at all yeah. and then turn out to be spot on. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So our, our and most... I have gone back and apologised to you for not taking you your have. comments seriously. You have. The, the most <laughs> recent one being last week, mm-hmm. where I had been bitten by mosquitoes in Scotland. I had seen the mosquitoes. <laughs> I had found the larvae in a garden bucket full of rainwater. And I said to Christine, we have mosquitoes now. And you gave me that expression, which tells me that you're being nice to me, but you don't believe me. (laughs) And then we walked into the woods Mm -hmm. and I saw two mosquitoes biting your legs. And I said, Christine, you're being bitten by mosquitoes. (laughs) They're on your leg. And I saw those mosquitoes with my own two eyes. And you've had the reaction. Yes, and since then I've had... Well, eight serious mosquito bites on my legs. And I have said once again, you were right about those mosquitoes, Sylvia. So the thing is, when I think back to our first just you and me conversation in January yeah. when we started this podcast. I listened to that actually quite recently, that whole podcast again. Did you? And it was interesting because it's like going back in time. You know, it's it's like it pulls you back to that to where we were in January. And I think we were feeling pretty grim in January. We were feeling pretty grim. And we were quite hopeless and a bit lost. And we were just like, what is going on? And the thing... Christmas that, had been ruined. Christmas had been destroyed by our dear leader, Nicola Sturgeon, unsurprisingly. Well, we went ahead and did our Christmas exactly as planned anyway, because I don't give a monkey's what Nicola Sturgeon My family were less happy to Mm. do that, so I miss my family. That was terrible. I mean, what an absolute outrage. Again, Mm -hmm. these things, and we discussed at the time, Christmas matters. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, oh, well, you know, when Christmas is stolen from you, Mm -hmm. that's not okay. And it was stolen... So let's talk about nightclubs and... So now that's all been... Concerts and... We're not exactly clubbing um, regulars. Not now. No, but even... Well, no, but I mean recently... Back in the day. Yes. But I have been to the odd nightclub in the last few years and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But now I can't go because I refuse to take part in a medical experiment, which does not stop me spreading the disease that it vaccinates me against. And, you know, people might make light of this. They might say... Well, it's your choice as to whether you want to go to a nightclub or not. But let's have a think about what the music industry and the nightclub industry means to younger people back when we were younger. Well, my life wouldn't have been the same if I hadn't gone clubbing when I was a young person. Yeah. I wouldn't, that that would have changed the course of my life. Absolutely. I mean, not like, again, I wasn't ever a massive clubber or anything but I had experiences in those nightclubs I drank too much I learned things I was felt up on the dance floor all these things that was standard that was standard all these things contributed to my life what now if my children grow up they won't be able to have those experiences unless they'll take part in a medical experiment with our female friends dancing around our handbags yes I danced with my husband in nightclubs I have and staggered know, friends whose first kiss with their now husbands were yeah. on the dance floor. 
Um, and a, might, a more relevant question, especially since people in nightclubs are basically at zero risk from COVID, a more pertinent question might be to ask people if they've got any sexually transmitted diseases, <laughs> dare I say it? Or do they have hepatitis? Do they, where do we stop with this? Glandular fever. And do they have glandular fever? I mean, people lose whole years of their lives recovering from this is glandular all fever. information that would be perhaps pertinent to being on a Maybe we floor. shouldn't let people who have glandular fever into nightclubs. Definitely not. I mean, the, the whole situation is so absurd and illogical and, I mean, just outrageous that any access to anything should be based on your medical information. If people want to protect themselves from severe COVID, go and get vaccinated. Fine, burn yourself out. But I don't think it works, by the way. The data look worse every day for the vaccine preventing severe COVID. In fact, Just it looks like opinion. the opposite. Well, it's not really. The numbers are what they are and they're becoming very clear now, I yes. would say. But the benefit is marginal. But if you want to go and do that, fine. But then it's absolutely none of your business whether anybody else is vaccinated. Since if the you only... believe in the vaccine, it shouldn't matter if you're beside somebody yeah. who's not vaccinated. But this vaccine doesn't even claim to prevent transmission. All it does is prevent severe illness in the vaccinated person. Therefore, vaccination status, as far as COVID-19 is concerned, yeah, is I mean, completely irrelevant to everybody else. Because I don't really understand why you couldn't just have lateral flow tests for entry. I'm not necessarily saying that's a good thing, but surely there should be a choice. Show a vaccine passport or show you're negative. But, you know, there's no choice. But that makes sense. But nothing makes any sense when it comes to COVID mitigation strategies. And so you have to start asking yourself, what is this about? It's not about protecting people from illness. Yeah. Because the government has shown time and time again it doesn't care about that. I think as well, you know, talking about concerts and things, you listen to music and you can be instantly transported back to a concert you attended with your friends, had a fantastic night out. These things are actually important. They're important to give people meaning in their lives. Mm -hmm. And to give your life landmarks, like important nights out that you had that made a difference to the course of the rest of your life. These are all... So these are not trivial matters. Like Christmas, as we were saying. Christmas is like a landmark. to ransom for, are they? No. They're not trivial. No. They matter. Yes. And if the government cared about people... They would understand that these things matter. But they don't care. They don't care because they've shown this time and time again. There's all these reports of adverse reactions from the vaccines. People having really serious adverse events. People dying. And they're not concerned about that. But they're immensely concerned that COVID doesn't spread in a nightclub. I mean, do they actually think that people are stupid enough to believe that? Are people stupid enough to believe that after a year and a half of being lectured and moralised to and propagandised, have people just lost the ability to think critically about this? What is going on? You know, the, the percentage of the population that have now been vaccinated is pretty high. 
what is it, over 70%? No, it's like 80% 80, 80 have been double vaccinated over the age of 25. I can't remember. It's an awful lot of people, according to their own data. And I, I thought this was, like, almost the percentages that they were looking for to slow COVID down and yeah. be effective. But even then, that doesn't seem to have been enough. No. Now we have to have passports. No, nothing's ever enough. Where do you think these passports are going? I don't know that pa the passports are going anywhere. I think that is the destination. And what will happen... Because it'll just be your vaccine information that's on it? Oh, yeah, there'll be a lot. There'll just be more and more stuff on there. I mean, why would they not screen you for STDs and other viruses? Why wouldn't they? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to stop at COVID-19, which is a very, a relatively very low mortality disease compared to other things that we could be exposed to. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, even people who seem to think that this is okay, which absolutely just melts my brain, they're not thinking about what, you know... What, how is that going to feel? But I, I know how it's going to feel because I had this feeling this afternoon where you're like, right, well, now my, my second vaccine has run out and my passport's gone red again and I can't go clubbing until I get my, my booster. And that last, that last booster I had, let's say we're on vaccine six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that last booster I had made me feel really crappy. I don't really want to go and make myself feel really crappy, but I'll have to if I want to go clubbing this weekend. And well, the you might not be clubbing that weekend. The other if thing you've is been having a horrible vaccine reaction, you know. But for the following weekend, you might get. The there. other thing is that for some of the vaccines, at least, it's been shown that the reaction to the second vaccine is worse than the first. Now, why is that? Because cumulative damage is being done to you when you have the second vaccine, the damage is worse and your symptoms are worse. We haven't even included third vaccines in the trials at all. They haven't even been explored. You have no idea what the effect of a third vaccine is going to be, much less a fourth and a fifth. And they're saying, well, well you know, immunity only lasts for three months from these vaccines. Of course, because it's only making you immune to a tiny part of the virus so it will win and I don't even know how they're measuring that I think it's antibodies but we know that antibodies wane at, over time I don't know how they're measuring this and now your immunities t-cell no and this is another thing though that last summer there were sort of there were two things last summer which made my ears prick up one was just from my very limited knowledge of mass screening I looked at what we were doing with COVID testing. I was like, this makes no sense at all. This is absolutely the wrong way to do mass screening. We're not going to find disease in any meaningful way testing like this. And I just thought that is so weird because the NHS knows how to do screening testing. You know, I, so. I wonder why nobody's saying, hang on a minute, this isn't how we do screening. This is totally wrong. I thought maybe it's just because it's a pandemic and this is an unusual situation. This was naive me 14 months ago thinking, I wonder what's going on here. This is, this is really, really pass. weird. It doesn't make any sense. And then the other thing that started to happen was they talked about antibodies. So they were like, oh, people who have had COVID, they don't seem to keep their antibodies for very long. And I was thinking, but 
people don't hold on to antibodies for very long. Often you don't make antibodies when you've had an infection because if you have T-cell immunity already or your T-cells are able to deal with it, you don't need antibodies. Why are we talking about antibodies? doesn't make any sense. And it was just those two things together. I was like, this is making me really uncomfortable because it's just bad information and it's untruths that are being told here. And like you're saying, you know, people gave me funny looks if I brought it up. And people, and I was like, well, maybe it'll just blow over. And, you know, what do I know about it really? But here we are 14 months later and it's just been one thing after another has made no sense. We've repeatedly locked down. We've implemented masks, which everybody knows makes no difference whatsoever. We've done lockdown after lockdown after lockdown, shut cafes, doing all these things that have no basis in evidence. Not a single person can show me yeah. evidence that any and, of those things you know, work. The Scottish government are talking about perhaps doing a circuit breaker at some point. It doesn't and work. We know that every every lockdown, I'm sure, starts as a circuit breaker, doesn't it? Yeah. But well, yeah, but well, the first one it was, it was three weeks to flatten the curve. And, you know, here we are 14 months later still, or no, sorry, 18 months later, still living in this absolute hell. And the thing is, what we know from our Corona story stuff is that a lot of people are living in hell. If you're a middle class person with a good job and a good computer and a good Wi-Fi connection and a nice home office, you're fine. You're better off than you were when it started. But for an awful lot of people, people who already live on the edges of society, people who've got children with disabilities and every day is a struggle. We've got plenty... Hospitality sector, nightclub... I I believe, well, I would imagine nightclub owners yeah. will not be happy about this. No, but they've not been happy throughout because they've been pre prevented from making a living, which is a breach of international law. It's their human right to be able to make a living. Yeah. This has just gone on and on and on. And the vast majority of people who are being paid furlough and for whatever reason just like to go along with things have stuck their fingers in their ears and hummed la 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 la. Well, it's coming for them too. Because just like with us, we know, the, th the things that we know mean that we cannot get vaccinated. I couldn't do it. So because of that, I'm being thrown out of society. Just like all those other people have been thrown out of society before me. And I have been concerned about them. And I have tried to work for them. And I've tried to shine a light on the truth. And nobody wants See, to listen. See, my fear is that this is heading towards the Chinese-style sort of social credit. Yeah. You monitor who yeah. you hang out with. You know, it, it, it affects your interest rates. You yeah, know. your access to your banking. If you're a naughty citizen, they just shut down your bank account. Yeah. I mean, th th this is the thing. You say this to people here. And they look at you like you've got two heads. Oh, come on, Christine, don't be so paranoid. Oh, you're such a conspiracy theorist. This actually happens to people in China now. Yeah, Why I do mean, we think it's there, so impossible a, it could happen here? There's a documentary here? on Netflix. It's called Coded Bias. Hmm. And people can watch it. And there's um, Big Brother Watch on it. Mm -hmm. And people who are being biometrically identified as they walk down the streets... We really are not a million miles away from no. it. And and I was oblivious. Yes. 18 months ago, I was oblivious to it. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that two metres social distancing, fuck off. That's why I think every time I hear those two words together. <laughs> two metres social distancing 
does nothing to prevent you catching COVID because it's an aerosolized virus. And if you've been exposed to those aerosols, you could be 20 meters apart, you will still encounter them, especially in an indoor setting. Two meters distance makes absolutely sod all difference to your infection risk. But what do they need two meters distance for? Facial recognition on CCTV. Oh, do they? I didn't mm. know that. Yeah, it's very important that you keep two metres apart if you want to be able to identify individual faces on basically all surveillance cameras. Now, is that just a coincidence? Probably not. It's probably I'm not. A, not. I, I'm not a big believer in coincidences. They don't no, happen I, very often. No. I We were going to keep this short it was like an emergency broadcast just because we were together on this fateful day and I think that the listeners will certainly be hearing my anger <laughs> about this I, I I think you're yeah sort of steam coming out your ears today you're not happy there's a part of me I said this on one of our messaging groups because we've got this lovely group of actually a lot of people who are sensible people who see this Skeptical nonsense. They're also all quite sensible. Yeah. And I said to them, there's a part of me that just wants to get this vaccine and hope that it makes me brain dead to all this absolute nonsense that is going on here. It's just nonsense all the time in every single aspect of life. Like, for example, swimming lessons. Apparently I'm not allowed in to the changing room with my children at swimming lessons and I have to leave them at the door and I have to wear a mask and I have to sanitise my hands and I have to fill in a register and I'm not allowed to watch them in their swimming lesson. Yeah. How many lives is that going to save exactly? I mean, each time I went into that changing room, how many people would I be killing well, precisely? Well, you're all part of one household, <laughs> I don't think it's going to save many lives, you know. But meanwhile... Even, I know that there's people who don't see what we see, who think, what on earth is she going on about now with swimming lessons and not being... But that is removing my children from me against my will. Mm -hmm. I am very good at letting my children go. They go away on holidays without us. They wander around the village unsupervised because I like to give them freedom. But... When they're going into their swimming lesson, I want to help them get changed. I want to supervise them doing that. I want to see them in their swimming lesson just to check that the lessons are safe and that they're doing well with their swimming and check that they can actually swim. I, I don't think that it's unreasonable as the mother of an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old that I want to be able to see that. Absolutely. And I mean, I, but, I can't get into my 3-year-old's ballet lesson. And, you know, I'll be honest, that's just... Pure entertainment for a mother, isn't it? But it's, it's a them. bonding experience. Yes. I These things to watch them jig about, get it a bit wrong but and enjoying themselves. I want to see that. That's my memories as a mother. Exactly. Your child's only three and does ballet once and it's so cute when they're doing a ballet class oh, and they, so they don't know what they're doing. And I their get legs. snippets at home, but I'd love to see it's the whole thing. It's not the... It just It's just chipping away at all of these normal, joyful experiences that are absolutely no risk to anyone whatsoever. You have never killed anybody. No mother has ever killed any person by sitting in a ballet class watching their child dancing. 
No mother has ever killed anybody by helping her children get ready for a swimming lesson and supervising the quality of those lessons, the safety of her children in those lessons. It's it's just basic things like, are they paying attention? I know, exactly. if they're naughty, you tell them off. Exactly. What were you doing? You should have been paying attention to Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. Also, like... It, when they come out of lessons, I mean, they're not having swimming lessons because I refuse to hand them over to, I don't know who to supervise them as they're in the changing rooms and in their swimming lesson. But like you're saying, that you come out of a lesson, you say, how'd you get on? Oh, fine. I don't know how they've got on. And swimming lessons, that's, for me, that's not like an enjoyment thing. They need to learn to swim. I want to know skill. how their swimming is. You know, and the point is, everything has become a battle Either you just submit to ridiculous, nonsensical, humiliating rules, or you have to fight. And it is so tiring. And now, today, it's like, well, we're just going to make parts of life inaccessible to you because you're too well informed to get this vaccine. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, I just feel like life has become so controlled and I say this because yesterday I went into the local supermarket to buy a bottle of alcohol-free Prosecco (laughs) and I went to pay for it at the self-service till and I was just meeting a girlfriend for lunch and I just thought oh she's cooking for me I'll take some you know I'll be driving it's middle of the day we don't really want real alcohol at you know, 12 o'clock, I'll take some no shekel and we'll just, it'll feel a wee bit more glam, it'll feel nice. a wee bit what nice, a, lovely idea. A, wee, a wee bit special. Is it too lovely for life in puritanical Scotland in 2021? Well, it turns out because <laughs> the self-service said I needed to be ID'd and somebody came over and I said, well, it's actually alcohol free, so I don't think I need to be ID'd and they said, Oh, you do because it's part of the drinking culture and so they took me to the till to ring it through there because she couldn't get the self-service till to accept her authorization mm. and then she said oh i know what it is it's because it's not yet 10 o'clock you can't buy your alcohol free <laughs> prosecco before 10 o'clock now this was at one minute to 10 so we stood for 60 seconds Mm. waiting for it to turn 10 o'clock so she could ring through my no shekel and i just thought nobody knows what they're protecting everybody for from no alcohol (laughs) alcohol free booze i mean it's exhausting exhausting maybe we should just learn to submit <laughs> maybe i should have just brought bought proper well, i was thinking that well <laughs> while i was waiting for those 60 seconds i would have probably nabbed a bottle of alcoholic prosecco and just downed it waiting because i'm going to be honest it, it made me feel that way it's becoming it's it's just so tiresome living in a puritanical society which is what i think this is yeah you know even seeing the co-op in our local co-op because we live in a rural community my husband used to get so cross sometimes because he would send me out to the co-op to get a couple of things and i would end up in there for three hours 
because you would meet so many people that you knew and the more people that you met the longer you were in here and then the more people you knew would walk past it was kind of like it would this would snowball yeah but now because everyone's masked and i hate masks so much i don't wear my i don't wear a mask i don't look at people who are wearing masks i'm not even interested i can't i can't speak to somebody who's in a mask so i don't even care if anyone I know is in the supermarket. And so I just go around the co-op and I come out again. It takes me like four minutes maximum. So I'm trying to decide, is this a good thing? Well, You're now quicker in the co-op. I am quicker in the co-op, but I just thought, what effect is that having on me now that I never just chat to people locally? Like people I've met in the co-op and have a nice wee chat. And partly it is because... I'm aware sometimes that I'm not very popular in my community, so I'm probably less confident. That's part of it. But that's just a nice wee cosy thing. I mean, it was annoying taking three hours to go around the co-op because I was chatting to people in some ways. It wasn't annoying. I loved it. But you would think, well, gosh, it would be nice if I could just nip into the supermarket without seeing loads of people that I know. But in some ways, but in most ways, I just loved that. I like to have wee chats with people in the supermarket. And now, apart from anything else, there's not really anything to talk about. And there's not going to be anything to talk about now that I'm being cast out of society by the state. I won't be able to say, I was at this great concert the other night, yeah. my favourite band. Or, yeah, I was at this super football match last week because I will not get vaccinated. So I won't have, I won't have anything to I don't, I don't really have anything well, to talk about. Our community is the same. We used to have a whole schedule of mm. annual events. And people were just dying left, right and centre of infectious diseases at that time, were they? In your community? No. Was, no, funnily fairly, enough not. It was a fairly stable population <laughs> now, I look back. But, mm. you know, that was a whole calendar of events. And this is the second year that those calendar of events has not happened. And there were so many people in my community that I would see on a semi-regular basis because of that. Yeah. And I knew about what was going on in their lives mm-hmm. and we would chat. Just wee chats. Just wee chats. And you know, it was kind and it was supportive. And will it ever come back? No, it won't ever come back. I mean, well, it... I mean, maybe in a... I can't say, like, for the next 150 years it won't come back. But no, things like that... Things like that, which are so precious and they require... The reason that those events happened in your community so regularly is because they require frequent nourishment. If you starve them, it dies. There'll be people in your community who'll be too scared ever to set foot in a hall again because they've been trained to become so fearful. And there'll be people who are angry with other people in your community because of all these artificial divides that have been set up between people. Now that I can vouch for. There are yes. definite yeah. divides, new divides. No, it won't ever be the same. It won't just come back. And all these complacent people who are like, oh, we'll get back to normal. No, we won't. Because you let normal die. The majority of society, as it turns out, was quite happy to let all that die. And they will... We will all pay the price for it. And I don't know where this ends, but I have to tell you, from my knowledge of history, when societies start to segregate, like by saying unvaccinated people can't go to a football match, that is not a good thing. That does not end well. It doesn't just end there. 
it will grow and grow and grow and resentment will build on both sides. And you can hear it now in what I'm saying about people who have accepted this new normal or let nor the old normal die. I am resentful. Yeah. And they're resentful of me. And it's just a whole pile of crap that we've built for ourselves here. And Nicola Sturgeon with her stupid matching masks to her jacket and her smug look that and her really moralising. It really annoys me that she has so many matching masks. I mean, are we paying for that? Yes. This We're is paying for that in more ways than one. And they do she nothing. She gets this out of her expenses. They do nothing masks. to protect anyone. And she's just, it's just virtue signalling and a lot of nonsense. And she knows that because she's in charge. There is no evidence that a wool mask over your face that matches the material of your jacket does anything to prevent spread. I don't know what she thinks she's doing, but she looks like an absolute moron to me. And I'm not pleased with Nicola Sturgeon. I will be writing I, to I her in the morning. I don't know if anybody that's listening to this will think that you're her <laughs> biggest fan. No, I used to be her biggest fan. I'm you not did. even. I'm not even embarrassed to say it. She was my MSP. And I liked her, you know? And now I just can't even bear to look at her. You are embarrassed by that or you're not embarrassed by I'm that? not really embarrassed by it because okay. I, <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm not really embarrassed by it, no, because I want to say to people that it's okay to change your mind <laughs> about Nicola Sturgeon. And please do, because she is not doing Scotland any favours Well, I've whatsoever. changed my mind about her twice. Because I, I did not like her. Oh. And then I, she did grew like on me her. a little bit. But now she, uh, she's undone it. It's not good. I'm not enjoying living in Nicola Sturgeon's Puritan Scotland at all. So she doesn't have our vote? No. So, so I that's... think our, our listeners will be able to tell that we're coming <laughs> from a great place this evening. We um, did have a nice dinner altogether. With wine and cider and chicken and ribs. Yeah. Do you think people will be able to tell that we had the wine and the cider? They might be able to tell in my case. <laughs> um, it was very good and it was nice to have dinner with such lovely friends. It's always nice to be with friends. It's now very late also for children who need to go to school in the morning. Yes. I've said enough. Do you have any final words, Sylvia? No, stay sane, stay strong, stay together, be with your friends, be with your family, and keep going. Mm. And keep listening to Corona Stories. We've got some really good guests lined up. Well, yes, hopefully. Hopefully we still will after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think people will like it. But I think... We'll sign off, won't yeah. we? Yeah, lots of love to you listeners. Remember, yes, love. we do love you. 